What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another dope edition of Define Your Legacy. And before we get tapped into today's episode, just want to shout out the online store of Define Your Legacy, which can be found at the link in the description of this episode. All right. But just like that, let's jump right into today's episode. All right. We have yeah. Mel on the show. How are you doing, Mel? I'm doing good. Doing good. Doing good. All right. So I, I know uh, we got some uh, some things to talk about. All right, this is your this is your first time uh, being on the podcast, right? Yes, my All first right. time. Yes, any okay. podcast. Okay, okay. So, so if you could, then this is the first first question for you. All right, um, if you could, of course, you know, obviously, just introduce yourself um, and tell the world what it is that you do. Um. Hmm. Okay. Well, my name is Melinda. Um, everyone calls me Mel. Um, I'm a hairstylist. I've been doing hair since forever. <laughs> Literally, uh, I've been doing other people's hair since I was about 10. And I just turned 30 this year. Um, I travel and, you know, to work in different states as well. Um, but I'm based in Connecticut and New York. Okay. And you said you've been doing it for a while. So take me back to like when you first got started. Do you, do you remember even way back when? Mm, yes, I do. Um, um, I never thought the styles that my mom did was cute. Like I wanted the eight girl styles and you know, I had the little Jamaican hairstyles, like, you know, four plaques and you know, <laughs> like it just was childish. I, you know, as a child, I just was like, this is just not what I want. So I just secretly do my hair until I actually got good at it. Like just by locking the door and, um, you know, trying. Um, so I'm self-taught. And then by the time I was mm, probably eight, I started to do my own hair. My mom did not have to do my hair. Mm. Um, and then by the time I was 10, turning 11, everybody from my church, from my community, from my school, everybody would come and get their hair done. So, yeah. By, I, by you? By me, yep. So, so, so how did that feel, though, like being 10 and 11 mm -hmm. years old doing that? I was just so happy to just play and hear that. I mean, that's the only expression I could have had because it wasn't profitable. I mean, I was just so happy to do anybody's hair. There was never a price in negotiation. I was just like, okay, you know, and then obviously people took advantage of that because I was just a little girl. So they were like, you know, I'll get $10, $5 food. <laughs> like I was getting paid like a crackhead. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but I just loved it so much. So I didn't care. Um, yeah, but when I got older, you know, I had my little prices for certain stuff and, um, I was really known for braids. Um, I used to do all the crazy designs. I used to write people's names in their hair um, until I realized, I think that was the first time I realized I wasn't getting paid enough. Cause I'm like, no one could do this around me, like around my area. So I kind of stopped doing that, but yeah. Yeah. And, and so now, you know, you talk about, you know you started doing it when, you know, around 10 and 11 and now, right. You just said you celebrated a birthday. So that's the idea of years and even decades later. Talk about, I guess, the overall growth from when you first started to where you're at now. Oh, overall growth. Oh, I feel like it's a hard, that's a hard question for me because hmm, I don't really look at, um, like when I want something, I don't stop until I get it. And um it's very personal. It's never about what someone else wants for me or what the world thinks I should have or shouldn't have. So uh, I feel like anytime I accomplish something, I well, maybe I'm not that grateful, I guess, because, or I don't really look back at something to be like, to actually look at my overall growth. Um, Sometimes, every once in a while, I do reflect. I'm like, damn, you know, I actually did what I said I was going to do. Um, because there's just always more to learn. And um, 
just always more to do. So it's like the minute I accomplish something, I'm like, okay, I'm on to the next. Like, what is next? I'm never like, oh, wow. Like, I'm never impressed with myself. It doesn't, no one could ever gas my head. I'm not, I'm confident. I'm sure of what I'm sure of, but I'm just, no one could ever gas me. Like, so. Have, have you always been like that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can, can I ask why? Is, is that just a, a personal thing? I think it's just my energy. Like, um, it's not really a, um, it's, it's just personal. Like, I think that by the time I, I uh, like something may seem like impossible, right? And, you know, that I'm blessed enough to even be a part of whatever it is even on the smallest scale, whether it's just starting something, being introduced to something. And if I stick through it long enough to, um, to get to the end, like it always felt like a breeze, like everything always felt like a breeze. So it's just like, I'm not being challenged. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I feel. I'm like, mm, that wasn't a challenge. I don't really ever remember the hardship of it because I think just generally, because I enjoy doing what I do, I'm like, I also like to be challenged as well. So it's like, mm, let's do something else. Mm-hmm. And I like to be different. I like to be creative. Um, so yeah. yeah, it makes like if I do something that it seems like, you know, everyone's on, I may not feel like so excited to, I don't know. I don't know if that, no, no, I hear you. you. I hear you. Yeah. So a lot of people, I feel like, um, are motivated by hardship, you know, and you know, and obstacles and challenges. But so going off that, what would you say has motivated you? Motivated you all these years? That's definitely a big part of it because I feel like, um, I feel like I always feel like I can only depend on myself. Um, because it is true. You really only do have you. And that doesn't mean that you cannot uh, reach out to someone, drop your ego, you know, your pride and ask for help. But I just know that if I'm consistent enough, if I plan ahead, if I do certain, put certain things, uh, if I align certain things, then I'll be able to show up for myself. Hmm. Like, So when I'm doing, um, when I'm like trying to achieve the next thing, I am just trying to show up for myself. And I feel like, I feel like um, that also made me not show up for myself in so many other ways, like um, medically, (laughs) mentally, like, well, not both of those things together. But I guess, yes, mental health too. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're just focused on the next task and then also the type of industry that I'm in, I'm serving others, you know, getting them ready, feeding their soul is not just, they get an experience, you know, mm-hmm. and I give my energy. So sometimes there's none left for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's how it used to be. And that's something that I um, had to like take a step back and try to change you know over the last couple of years because as I said like sometimes I'm just like so much on go that I may not see like a problem so it took me a very long time to figure that out Mm -hmm. like people would be able to call me text me at any hour I will have a full day have 10 12 clients somebody will call me last minute like can you please you know get me in it don't matter if I'm going on vacation, whatever. I'm like, well, girl, if you don't mind coming at three o'clock in the morning, then you could come and they'll be crazy enough to be like, all right, I'll be there at three. I'll be there at midnight, whatever time. Like, so I like I was just always just so focused on just getting everybody together, you know, doing what I love that I also was neglecting myself. Yeah. So hardship. Hardship does have a lot to do with, you know, everything because my, both of my parents are immigrants, you know, both from Jamaica and, you know, they did what they could, 
So it's like the minute that um, I found something that I enjoy doing, like I tried to like, you know, take care of myself pretty much. By fifth grade, I was, I was so happy because I'm like, I can go shopping and like, you know, my mom's favorite line used to always be like, well, until you buy your own clothes, then whatever. Like, so you buy your own clothes, then you can't, you know, you have to wear this or whatever. And by fifth grade, I was buying all my clothes. You know, I wasn't shopping anywhere fancy, but it felt like it was fancy because I bought it with my own money. Mm-hmm. And I bought the things closest to my style, even though they were all on sale and clearance. <laughs> um, I bought, you know, stuff closest to my style um, because I was able to do so. Yeah. So, well, I mean, was, you know, to, to give yourself credit to you also uh, in fifth grade. So, I mean, that you know, just that's that's not normal. That's a good thing. You know, I mean, like I mean, you kind of compare most to average 10, uh, 10 year old, you know, well, but, not, even, but even in, even in, in thinking about that, you know, like you got to experience what ownership meant at a very early age, even even before you were a teenager. So yeah. as your I guess your I guess, definition changed a little bit at, of, of the word ownership. Well, I feel like um, I've never thought of ownership at at that age. I never thought of it. It was like, first of all, I feel like now people are, um, uh, they hold hairstylists to a higher uh, just standard of life, I guess, because um, now it's social media. People get a deeper look. Um people have also learned to, uh, they started to learn more about their finances with their business. um, Due to just seeing the lifestyles of other people online, other people having classes, trying to teach, you know, the industry how to actually make money and progress or whatever. But back in the day, no one respected hairstylists. They didn't, they needed them because they wanted to look cute to go out. They wanted to do whatever. The respect was at a bare minimum. It was like respect enough to uh, have a conversation with you and be, you know, get the service that they need. Uh, But they didn't, I don't feel like they considered hairstylists, most hairstylists, entrepreneurs, or being owners of anything. They, from my experience, um, even though I always had a good clientele, um, just watching the attitudes of people, certain people and other hairstylists. Cause I used to go to salons to get my hair done still just because, um, and it was like, it was more like, oh, well you're serving me and, um, like you're beneath me if you're serving me. And I feel like now the, the roles have kind of changed a, a bit like people are dying to get into a, a stylist chair they can just walk into their salon because they have online booking have policies that set in place there there's a card on file no one wants to get their card charged for a service that they didn't receive yet or them being late five to ten minutes and their entire appointment being canceled like the time is being respected i come from an era where my time was not respected at all. I've been through every single era of, like, you know how they say millennials been through almost everything? Like, that is me in my career. Like, um, you know, when people, when I used to meet people anywhere I go, like, you know, and people that I also know, they'll be like, oh, you know, I want my hair done on this date or whatever. And this was a time, like, you just pull out your little notebook, I had like a Winnie the Pooh note, uh, calendar that someone gave me like as a gift. And I'm like, you know, I want to use this as my, like, I thought I was just so professional. I'm like, I'm going to use this as my, um, my, uh, appointment book. So I would write their, their name down. I'm like, what's your number? I used to try to fill in all the, you know, questions, you know, they had the address, which was unnecessary, but some people even did it just to be extra. Um, and then I'll put their time in. And then, you know, I'm waiting around. I'm so happy to do their hair. Everything's clean, set up. And then I will call them. Sometimes they won't answer. Or I'll call them and I'm like, oh, I'm running late. And then come whenever they feel like it. Or um, 
they'll just like try to bargain me over the phone. Like, oh, I forgot that I made that appointment. Um, well, uh, could you do something else? Like, how much is this going to cost? Is this going to be a little cheaper if I do this? Oh, well, I'm just not coming. So now I, you know, as a young person, when I'm supposed to be playing, um, going to the mall, doing stuff with my friends, I'm sitting around, you know, and I'm not getting compensated for my time, you know, or anything. There's no deposit being left at all. And, you know, I don't have, um, I feel like, you know, my mom, she was just proud that I'm doing something that I like, that I love. So she wasn't going to just, you know, dig deep into the business because it takes a while for you to even understand that you're being played half of the time, you know? So I, and she doesn't have her own business. So there was not like an entrepreneur in my family. I pretty much was the first. Uh, there was not an entrepreneur in my family that I could look up to. I'm like, what do you think I should do to make this, you know, a better experience for me and my clients, you know? Because even though there was not technology, even though technology wasn't used in that way, um, I'm sure there's, could have been some type of system in place for me to make my business, you know, smoother, but I just had to learn everything on my own. Mm. So. Well, yeah. how, how did you do that though? Because I feel like nowadays that's starting to, I guess, become more and more common, right? Where a lot of, I guess, young people are looking to start something, but you know, their parents or whatever may not be entrepreneurs. So was there anything that allowed you to either keep going or that allowed you to learn more? whether it be a, ment a mentor or uh, watching certain YouTube videos or whatever the case may be that, that kind of helped you? I had no mentor. I wish I did. That's something that I wish I had. Um, YouTube wasn't, you know, like, obviously when I got, when I got older, because I obviously I said I'm 30 now. So like, I feel like I started to get more into YouTube, like, um, cause I feel like when we used to watch YouTube, like, uh, when we were kids, it was like music videos, what's the hottest dance, you know what I'm saying? Some drama, rap yeah. battle, you know, like that was yeah. the stuff we watched. Nobody was like, how do you put your hair in a ponytail and layer? Like there's, there's, uh, you know, tutorials on everything. Like I would never have thought, you know, someone has a toothbrush and some gel and they're showing someone how to swoop an edge. Like that yeah. is there's, I mean, my nephew watches, he watches other people play video games. Like, that is weird to me. <laughs> like, that's weird. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like, how I got to, you know, like, want to stay in it, I guess, was just, I just had the passion, really. And I also practiced everything on myself every single thing. If I seen someone with a something, a style that I've never seen before, I will just stare hard enough. And I will, I will grasp it so fast. Like just by looking at it, I may not know the technique technicalities of it. I may not know how to make it last as long as someone who has, you know, perfected it or whatever. Um, but I will get it very, very close. Like, so I tried every single thing on myself. I've never put a product out on someone. I never did a style on someone that I didn't try on myself first. So I was literally my own canvas. Like, and I think that's what the, where the motivation came from. Cause I always got good feedback from my, myself. Like I was, I was through my walking billboard for like forever like until maybe like I don't know maybe like four years ago it's just like it's exhausting <laughs> <laughs> well, well now now with the social media I feel like that definitely helps you know in terms of I feel like increasing and growing someone yeah. um, over our brand and, and you know the product and service that people can provide uh, but two things I want to talk to you about too was uh time and discounts when it comes to friends Okay, so the first one with time, how important is time to you? Time is the most important thing to me. And oh my God, I just wish a lot of people, I wish more people would understand that. I'm the person that um, 
when I'm doing anything for my life, I schedule in the seconds. Mm. Even some of my friends are like, oh, Mel, relax. Like, it's not that deep. And it's like, now we're about to get into a whole fight because it is that deep. <laughs> Every second counts. Every second counts. Like, I don't care what I'm doing or what it is, but every second counts to me because it's like people think that sometimes those seconds, they think that, uh, first of all, they're nothing. And then they're in their mind being like, oh, well, you there's nothing you could have accomplished in 10 seconds. There's nothing you could have accomplished and whatever. If you ever was so tired, if you ever were so tired in your life where uh, you just needed, you didn't sleep for whatever days and you just got to rest your head for two minutes. Like you just feel like a uh, weight was lifting over your so- shoulder, off your shoulders. Like you feel like you kind of got reset. So it's like when people don't value my time, like, and they find a way to just like screw up my day. I take that personal. Like I take that very personal. And also, you know, and also it's yours, right? It, it belongs to you. And then the thing is, you can't, uh, you can't get it back, right? Yep. But um, which one do you think has been tougher to manage? If you don't mind me asking, just the idea from a money perspective or a time perspective, right? Oh. Like managing, you know, your overall availability or making sure people, because you mentioned the bargaining part, right? Like earlier before, People saying, well, you know, can you, you know, do this, do that? So which one of those two things have you been like either more firm on or you feel like, all right, I'm not playing with either one. It could be both, right? But if you had mm-hmm. to choose one, which one? That is the hardest. Hmm. I feel like time is the hardest because as for me, like I take pride in anything I do. It doesn't matter. Like if you talk to anybody who knows me, I'm not the friend that you ask for a favor and I'm going to do it like it's a favor for you. I'm going to do it willingly. I'm going to do it correctly. And yeah, I'm going to put every, all my all into it. So it's like each person that I touch, like they don't get a service where it's like, okay, I like this person more. So they here are going to look cute. The other person here is going to look mediocre. I'm going to rush this person out of here because I got to go on a date. Like I've worked with people who do that. And it's like, you do have to make time for yourself. And Loki is like, I don't blame them, but it's like in the long run, you're never going to have those people because no one wants to spend their money. I try to, I, what I try to do now, I try to make sure that when people are spending money with me, every, whether I, I go through it really fast or, it's taking me hours to do it. You gonna know your money was well spent because that time slot that you had was for you and you got everything you asked for and some most of the times because I'm gonna always do that extra step. What's one thing you think a lot of people should know about hairstylists? Oh, hmm, that's a tough. Um, I would say the main thing is that they're human and they do hair for different reasons. Some people are not passionate. Some people are talented and they, you know, it's their job, but um, that the same way you clock out of work, they can clock out of work too. And their, their life goes on after you leave the chair. And um, I feel like that's the main thing. Some people think that uh, when you're, you know, their service is just an ongoing thing. Like, yeah. Your, your, you know, your life is your life. No matter how much policies you have in place, it does not matter. It doesn't matter what you do. Like, people are still going to try to, like, interfere with your peace of mind when you have your time and your days off. Just, yeah. And you said you, you've done this in uh, multiple states, right? Yes. Yeah. So I work, um, I work between New York and Connecticut. Um, and I also work in Atlanta, um, 
I also work in in LA. Um, I can say this, uh, I was working during the pandemic as well, but um, yeah, like during the beginning, but it just kind of like that trip, I kind of realized like I have no intentions of taking that trip until like I got a little bit more organized because I would be too jet lagged. Mm -hmm. So um, mainly now I'm working between uh, those three states. Um, Atlanta, New York, and Connecticut. Um, but yeah, LA sometimes now. How did how did you uh, branch out to the other two? Because you're are you, you're from Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. So how did you branch out to the other two uh, states? Um, well, I went to cosmetology school in New York. I I um when I decided I wanted to go to school, I'm like, you know what? I just want to go to New York because I feel like the schools there are better. You know, they offer, like, they just had had better programs to me. Um, So I would, I would um, take the Greyhound to New York, um, which was horrible. (laughs) Like, one of the, like, I can never forget that. I can forget a lot of things, but I would never forget that. Um, Cause I purposely chose the afternoon program just so I would like ensure that I would be able to make it to school. Um, because I, I went to school in like dead smack in Manhattan. Um, so it's just like, you know, there's nowhere to park, et cetera. Um, so yeah, so I would go, um, I would take the Greyhound. I think school started at 5.45 um, and I would get to take the one o'clock bus. Oh, I do not miss that at all. Like we would get to the city, you know, on time sometimes. And uh, uh, sometimes the bus is stuck like three blocks away from the station and I'm on it for an extra two hours. Now I'm late for school, even though I left at one o'clock and New York is a two hour trip. So it's like, you know, that I, I told myself, like, when I signed up for school, I was just like, I'll find a place after I signed up for school. Because I just know that if I wait to try to find a place in New York, which is very expensive, I would just never get to go to school or it would just take years. So I did that horrible trip. And like, I just remember uh, when I was leaving school, uh, I, want, I don't remember what time I got out of school, but let's say it's like 9.45. And there's a 10 o'clock bus and I would have to run from 34th street to 42nd street with my, with all my hair stuff, because they also New York, you know, it's a lot going on in the city. So that building wasn't dedicated to my school either. It had like, it's like three floors straight. um, That was for my school. And then a floor skipped and then another thing, but obviously it's like in a tall building. So, um, but yeah, so they had limited lockers. You only were able to use your lockers um, when you were in school. So there was no like way to keep your stuff over. So I had a big bag filled with sometimes five mannequins, all these hair tools, hair products, this, that, and then these heavy textbooks. They're like at least five of them. Um, hard back. It was just, it was horrible. And I would run. And I remember I missed that bus and I just wanted to cry. I, I probably cried. Who knows? I was just like, I, ha- I need a drink. <laughs> and I went to a bar. <laughs> and I just went to this bar. I went to this bar and I'm just like, I need to move. Like, this is horrible. And the first thing I went on, I went on Instagram and someone who I know, the first thing that I seen was you know, I have a room for rent. I'm like, I immediately, the the post was only up for maybe six seconds. It was at the top of my timeline. I immediately hit her up. She, I I don't even think she like could have believed like that would, it would have happened so fast. Like I was, I was so desperate, so desperate. So like, yeah, after that, I probably moved in like a week later. I I don't even know if it's me. But yeah, so I lived in New York. I lived in New York for a while. So 
you know, going to school and then now having to pay rent, you know, even renting a room in New York is what I paid for a room in New York. I could have got an apartment in Hartford for sure. Mm. Connecticut in general. Um, but I like, I was just like, you know what, now that I live here, I'm not going to be able to make as much money because my schedule is, you know, it's changing now. I can't just do anybody's here. However, like whenever I want to, like I need to build a new clientele. So I would say through my roommate and people who I met, um, uh, you know, I just end up making connections and, you know, going to different events and stuff. That's how I end up building, you know, some clientele. Hmm. And obviously social media was like getting really hot at that time. Um, Instagram particularly. So, so, yeah. Yeah. And even too, like, I know, like you talk about going through that stage, right. And someone else out there may be going through a similar stage like that right now. Um, So what's something that you would say to aspiring hairstylists or, or ones that may be looking to become one right now? I feel like people give up too easy. Um, like, as I said, when I want something, I'm going to, I'm going all in. Like, if I uh, try to get everything that I felt like I deserved um, without putting in the work, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I'm at right now. Um, there's I've invested so much money into my business, into myself, to the point where it's like breaking even is sometimes I'm not, I, sometimes I wouldn't even break even. Like some, like I remember when, um, when I made this decision to go to school, like I would tell some people, like I told a few people that were close to me, like, you know, I'm going to do this. I decided, you know, I'm going to go to New York and I, I remember being sad because I just thought that, you know, I'm telling them good news and I was supposed to get good feedback and I just got questioned. Mm. Well, why are you, why are you um, going to school all the way in New York when you could just go to school here or whatever? Like, isn't that going to be hard? Cause like, where are you going to live? We're going to, I'm like, I will figure it out. Like I will figure it out. And I did. I did. And the thing is, even if I had to go through the entire semester, I mean, the entire like yeah, semester of school without living in New York, I would have done it. It would have been horrible, but I would have done it. Like, so. It, isn't that uh, frustrating if you, you know, when you tell someone, I guess, your overall goals or dreams and the response is why or the response is like, are you sure? Is that something you have to deal with? So, I mean, I feel like even now, like, I'm not really, a, like, other than people who know me or people that get to, you know, sit down and talk to me, like, in real life, I'm not transparent, especially when it comes down to online, because, um, and just, I also read people's energies, I see how they interact, how they think, and then I choose what information I want to disperse, because I feel like, if you're talking to the wrong person, you know, they're going to project what they feel on you. And it doesn't have to be shade or them being rude. Sometimes they really think that they are helping you, you know, through something like, um, I know that I personally, I take a lot of risks. (laughs) That's all I like. I the most extreme risks. And some people who I know that they do not take, risk at all they're very calculated and that's also a great trait you know I've had to learn now you know being a little older like okay you cannot wing everything (laughs) you don't want to wing everything that's also exhausting too so you have to have a little bit of more structure or whatever It, it does have an impact on how you move forward because um, I was having a conversation with someone recently and I told them like the more you engage with people, it it alters your it alters your life. Like every single engagement that I have with a person, any person, and I meet people every day, um, it will change your life. Like it doesn't have to be for the better all the time. 
And if you're meeting people that are not doing, sorry, if you're meeting people that are not doing anything close to what you're doing, um, it will impact you negatively. Um, It will, will impact you negatively because you, they, all they're going to do is project fears onto you because they don't understand what you're doing. They don't. So like, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't have any mentors. So I try to be that for other people, even, even people who do nothing, even people who do nothing close to what I do. Like I encourage all my clients to do anything. I don't care how crazy that shit sound like. You, you want to do whatever, like, I don't care. Like, yup. All right. Let's look into how, what's the best way to do it. If I see, if I see a, a video on, you know, someone doing, a, a you know, doing what they want to do. If I see a class training, I'm sending it to them. Like, you yeah. know, just yeah. trying to encourage people. Cause it's like, just never, and I can't say that I don't, I never had people encourage me. I had a lot of encouragement, but it was just, I'm like one of those people that I have to see to believe. So like when I was younger, like a lot of people like, yo, you're so good. Some of my, my mom's friends, like if you want a salon, cause I never wanted a salon. Um, I still don't have one to this day. Um, but yeah, I never wanted a salon when I was younger. And they were like, you know, I will invest in you. I will get, I I will invest in a salon for you because you're just so good. But I also have learned that people talk. It it has nothing to do with, you know, the money that they had or had that they didn't have. But it's like, I'm just so used to just as I was telling earlier, just depending on myself that when people say stuff like that, it just seems like cap. Like, oh, I. But I do, the only thing I do, it's not a regret. It's just, I always wonder, like, I wonder if I was, um, if I had the opportunities, I guess, um, that some of these kids get to have now, like getting exposure from around the world just by posting something from your phone. Um, If I was able to challenge those people that said they would invest in me, because it's not that I wouldn't have one, like, that I didn't want it entirely. I just knew that comes with responsibility. And it's like, my heart was in the work itself, not with the actual, like, you know, business, I guess, of it. And I think also too, like, starting off so young and um, starting off so young and knowing how people can play you, (laughs) like, if you speak to any hairstylist that started doing hair when they were young, that didn't have, I, I can't say any hairstylist, but someone, I guess, with a similar story, like people, when I say people did not respect hairstylists, you'll tell them, oh yeah, I charge $40 for this. They will show up to their appointment with McDonald's <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And especially you like when you're young, you're gonna get young clientele. So you know what I'm saying? They they'll think that they're doing you a favor by getting a McChicken that was a dollar, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a, a small fry in a drink. That's what three dollars and nineteen cents. I don't know. And then now this forty dollar his do turned into thirty-six dollars and I don't know, eighty cents. <laughs> what? And it's like, what can you say at that point? Because it's like. Like I grew up in Hartford, which we know is just not like Hartford is Hartford. It's the city. So um, I feel like I come from, you know, respectable parents that care, that will be embarrassed by certain things. And even though I might have experienced the hood, like I wasn't going to fight every person. All right. So do me a favor. All right. Fill in the, fill in the blank on this one. All right. Being a hairstylist is blank. Damn, you have to edit this because I (laughs) (laughs) like what? Mm. It's mm. it's a lot of things. Mm. I don't know. 
Say it again. Let me see if it's something. Right, yeah, about to say, let, 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 let's get the flow. All right. Being a hairstylist is blank. You know, is it uh, fun? Is it exhausting? Um, you know, I know it's something that, you know, you mentioned that you've been doing for a while now, but uh, it's, it, it's worth it. Being a hairstylist is like, it's a win world of everything, meaning it can be from emotions to your creativity. Every single thing, every single thing is like involved in this little service. Like, um, like I mean, sometimes you can have like just rewarding days just within your career. You have intimate moments with your clients and uh, you have creative moments in everything because it's like, uh, you know, hair is, if you're, a, if you're a model or no matter what you do, even a professional world, no matter what you do, like hair is a big part of just everyday life. Like, I mean, truly, if you have your hair done and you're naked is like, <laughs> you're like you're dressed so um and that also comes with uh, also a lot of pressure because you are shaping that person's image like even a guy's like you know girls just see a guy with their hair cut low and they're like okay anybody can do that why don't you just go to a different barber and it's like a female will never go to a, a well i can't say any female, but a particular female, my type of clientele, they're not going to, no, yeah, it is not even just about me in particular, but they're not going to just go to any and everybody, like, um, and it's like you're helping people build their entire brand, so being a hairstylist is, is actually like being a, uh, what would you call that, uh, I feel like you're you're a lot wrapped up into one. Yeah. You know, like obviously as a guy, you know, to your point too about the idea of having a barber and like we're not really gonna go to like more than one. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> you're in an industry where it's like, you know, that I feel like that's one of maybe very few things that like if I'm allowed to say this, but that women will always try their best to make sure, you know, it's taken care of. Yeah. Right? Even like, if they oh, it's like the hair is done, everything is done, mm. everything. Mm. And it's like, now it's a little bit harder. Like, like I, when you're younger, I mean, I guess when you're younger, yeah. But even, even people that was my age, when I was younger, like having your hair done was the must. Like you had your appointment scheduled every two weeks, you know? Especially because people weren't wearing wigs and doing, you know, doing yeah. little DIY stuff. Like you had your hair, you know, you had your hair done. You got your eyebrows done. Like makeup wasn't even a thing. So that's also even beautiful too. Like makeup artists are killing it. Like they're able to get a lot of clients in a day. They're really good and fast. Like and make a lot of money. And some girls that you know get into that side of beauty um, as a client. They'll get their makeup done to go nowhere. If they're, wow. it doesn't matter what it is. If their grandmother invited them to church, they'd be like, all right, I want to be here. So if I'm going to come, I'll look cute. Right. Let me put my, you know, get my makeup done here. Like everything is spent now uh, because of social media. So. Yeah. But <laughs> how, how, does, uh, how does one build up their clientele, right? Like, so whether it's been, I mean, obviously, like your story is very unique because you started off when you were, you know, a child, but like, obviously as you um, progress, like how does one kind of go from, you know, doing family and friends to now getting people that you may not um, have met before? Um. Well, first off, you're always, always going to be your walking billboard. People live outside of the social world. People are living life. So if you look great, like you're going to be stopped. Even if someone is a hater, you look great, they're gonna have to stop and ask. And especially um, especially when it comes down to getting your hair done. Because 
someone may not tell you, you could have on a fly, <clears throat> you could have on a fly outfit. You know what I'm saying? Just look great overall. Someone may, certain people may tell you, you just look fabulous. Other people may tell you, like, skip over that part and just be like, I like your hair. Who does your hair? Because they want to be a part of that experience as well. So um, you're, you're just going to be your biggest canvas. Like, I know earlier I stated, like, you know, maybe in the past, I don't know, four years or so, like, I decided just not to be that person only because it's exhausting because like after dealing like when my books got so just overwhelmingly just uh full um i would meet so much people in a day that would just be so draining to my energy that when i'm doing regular stuff like going home like taking a train whatever i'm getting stopped constantly i love your hair who does your hair and then it's like by the time you tell them you're a hairstylist, it's a new conversation. It's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm tired. Like, you know, so I pretty much look raggedy. So that way I don't have to talk to people. Wow. <laughs> like <laughs> literally it has that no, that is how bad, that is how bad it has gotten for me. Cause it, it doesn't matter. I feel like also the way I do my clients here versus the way I do my hair is oh, slightly different like um so i would get a range of a range of clientele um like i personally like my hair like a little undone not so neat like you know i just know like on camera you gotta have it like a little hmm. slick whatever but um i feel like with that look i get a lot of older clientele that just likes just more of an effortless look hmm. And when your hair is like super laid and slick and super neat, you get a lot of younger clientele, you know? So it just depends on whatever, what you have to know your audience first. Um, so like if you're, if your only way to reach new clientele is to just be yourself in the world, um, you have to make sure you are projecting that. So if I know I only want young clientele, I'm going to do stuff that young girls like. You got to do your research. You got to see what's trending because that's what they're on. They're on what's new, you know? Older clientele, they like classic looks. Like, you know, when you get a certain age, like, even with men, like, most of the time, like, you find that one haircut. Like, I don't know anything about, like, the exact numbers. Yeah, I'm like, I want a 1.5 over uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Like you, that's your standard haircut. And when, no matter who you go to, that is what you're going to tell them. I like older clientele, that's how they are. They have their look and that's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just studying up on, a, I feel like your craft, you know, just kind of knowing um, um, things that you that's need. That's biggest things. I took so many classes, so many classes. Before it was popular to take a class, um, that's one thing I do love to see in my community, like um, a lot of hairstylists now teaching classes. Um, I continue to invest in myself. Um, like a lot of the classes that I took earlier on, especially they were not taught by any black people. Um, I was always either the only black person in the room or um, it was like another girl, maybe like because the techniques that i was trying to learn was i was trying to bring my clients something different to what is what we already know like when you go to beauty school they don't teach you how to braid hair they don't teach you extensions they like any form of extensions if you learn any form of extensions in a school is because two things your school may have a partnership with them um or you have a teacher which is that's the number one a teacher that has passion in that and they decide to teach that to you for extracurricular is not a part of is not a part of um the program whatsoever and it's like you know growing up you know as a black girl braiding weaves all that stuff that's already a part of our community and then when you go to beauty school you learn the basic level of everything you don't learn to do hair good you learn you learn how to do the basics like there's a lot of actual uh textbook work that you have to do before you even get to the salon floor and then when you get to the salon floor 
you being able to be creative and stuff like that um, sometimes may not even happen. It's just the practice that makes you get a little bit better. So I try to bring back um, like techniques that I can mix with um, techniques that I can mix with what I already do and what I already learned to my clients. So that way they can have like a unique look. So like I'm known for like coloring hair um, with weaves or extensions, but, um, and those coloring techniques like was not taught to our community, like, you know. So I, I got a lot of clientele through that. Even now, like, I will have people just DM me uh, to order a wig or anything like that, that they want custom colored and I just ship it to them. I don't even have to see them. Or um, that's just an added service that I can uh, give my clients and it gives them personality. And each person I do, no matter what picture they show me or um, no matter what picture they show me, it's always going to be, I'm going to always add something that's just a little unique to like fit their lifestyle and their face. Hmm. Um, so yeah, all the, all the techniques that I learned is just pretty much to try to give my clients, um, an experience. Cause you should have, I believe that you should have, uh, different people for different things, um, that are experts in what they do. So that way you're always satisfied with your results. Like if I only specialize in five things and I'm actually good at them, those are the only five things that you should want to book with me for, unless you're open to someone practicing on you, because that's what it will be like. um, And. Well, I have have a question. What what would you say uh, your most proud moment has been as a hairstylist? Oh God, that is, that's like, that's like one of the worst questions to ask someone like me. Like, it's one of the worst questions to ask because it's like, I'm never really impressed. Like other people may be impressed and they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, I'm grateful that you feel, you know, whatever, good about what I do, but never really impressed not not uh not in a way where I'm bringing myself down by any means it's just like as as I said earlier it's just like okay I've done this already mm. what is next I don't know yeah. Pro- <sighs> now you, you have you have a like a correct me if I'm wrong but like you have a you can always do more mentality yeah. maybe just the idea of like I always like I'm always looking for, like, I never, uh, I'm not that stylist and I can never be a stylist that just like, um, when someone comes to me to get their hair done, if they come to me every week, I'm still going to have to give them the mirror and be like, all right, feedback. Because just because someone comes to you every week doesn't mean that something can't be off, something can't be different something could actually be better. Like, um, like I need to know that, you know, when the person leaves, before the person leaves, they are satisfied. And also too, I always leave it, leave myself open enough to be able to have that, um, that comfortable feeling to be like, you know what, I didn't notice this while I was here, but you know, I see this. Immediately I will fix whatever, whatever it is, because I just need like each person, as I said, each person gets their own experience, like, and you need to love it. And that's just, so I think that's probably why I'm never so impressed because it's not one body of work. Like, like my, what I can do and what I do collectively is not like, it's not being graded by me doing hair great most of the times or me giving someone a good service most of the times is each experience. So I just, I, yeah, I look at everything very individualized, I guess. And so, you know, it's cool to hear you say that too, because like when I think 
we list out and hear your entire story, right? Doing this even back to when you were 10 years old, um, even you know in fifth grade into now, um, where you're at now, years and decades later. Um, I wanna ask you a question that I ask everyone that's been on Define Your Legacy. Um, and that question is, how do you want to be remembered? Um, hmm. I think about this often. Um, I want to be remembered as someone who um, always gave their best, um, always gave back, um, and just being authentic because I am. <laughs> if you stand here, <laughs> if you sit in my chair, I cannot tell you. Every person is going to have a different story about me. It depends on what mood I'm in that day. It will never be rude, though. That's one thing. It will never be rude. I do not give that type of energy. It's just unnecessary. Um, but whatever I'm feeling that day, you know, it's going to come out. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to say some crazy stuff. You know, I can have some clients that just seem so quiet and they don't really want to talk. And maybe sometimes they're not even used to like I was even wanted to talk to them mm. and I'll just say crazy to them like okay because you're gonna talk to me we're gonna have a conversation I'm gonna get to know you because I feel like getting to know somebody while you're you know you know aiding in their brand and their look yeah. like you need to know who they are you know um so yeah yeah that's true that's a good point I mean you know, having that conversation, especially if you're in your chair, I mean, you know, you can't be silent. Client, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I mean, again, you know, appreciate you for being um, on the show. If you could, if you don't mind, um, drop your social media, right? Like where can people find you um, and receive any more information and things like that? Okay. So um, my main page is here, savior underscore. Um, so it's H-A-I-R-S-A-V-I-O-R. Hope I spelled that right. And then uh, I do have an extension line um, that I just officially launched for like the second time. Um, um, it is Here Savior's House. So that would be H-A-U-S. Um, yes. Um, or hairsavior.house. Um, and then also that's the name of my website as well. So it's um, hairsaviorshouse.com where you can purchase, you know, extensions, wigs, good quality, of course. Um and hair products, natural hair products that I make, if they're not in stock, is because I literally take my time. I make them, done my research. I have, you know, I have some good stuff. Um, also, too, the link to book is also on there, too. So, yeah. You, you say you make your, your own hair products. I do. Um, so, I have, like, I have two... I have two different oils um, targeting two different things, but they also work well with each other. And then I have a, um, a butter, which is great for girls that want to maintain their natural hair. Um, yeah, doing natural styles. Um, but they could even use it before they blow dry their hair, not for a blowout because the product is more dense, but it is my personal favorite and that has been out of stock for a while because I, I needed to find um a new vendor for one just one specific product in there because I do not want to sub out for the quality and that is I I don't even have any left for myself so um hopefully you know very soon that will be back in stock gotcha, or whatever gotcha. okay and that and that's uh, also cool cool uh cool to hear um, are there any, uh, are there any final words that you want to leave our lovely, uh, defining legacy audience with? Um, 
no, just too weird. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it can be related to anything, you know, it can be related to being a hairstylist. It can be related to um, advice to young people. It can be related to your clients. It can be related to, um, you know, just life in general, a lesson that you may have picked up along the way. Okay. Yes. So to young people or just anybody in general, um, you can cry and get shit done at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah, like I've been through so much different everything in my life. And sometimes I laugh when I'm mad. <laughs> sometimes I am crying and screaming. And sometimes you have to act a little chaotic and crazy but then you move on. You don't spend time. You don't spend time crying or wishing something was different. You just sometimes you just gotta let it out and keep it moving. And I feel like that's just the best way to accomplish anything you want in life. Do not dwell on the pain. And then that's that. Thug it out. Yep, thug it thug out. It out. Just, you know, do what you gotta do. Um, but on Defining Legacy front, y'all, make sure, you know, you follow Defining Legacy on Instagram at Defining Legacy with an underscore at the end as well. Um, Defining Legacy on Facebook, DYL Podcast on Twitter. Subscribe to Theus Elijah on YouTube and Theus Elijah on TikTok. And just like always, y'all, Defining Legacy episodes drop every Thursday at 8.24 a.m. Eastern, all right? All episodes, Defining Legacy, 8.24 a.m. Eastern. Mel, appreciate you for being on the show. And just like that, y'all, we gone. Peace. <laughs>